0: the podcast is brought to you by soccer 90.com they've got all the fc dallas north texas soccer club and national team gear you can want and of course the item of april the dallas tornado jersey with the sweet 67 on the front and the powder blue trim that's just one piece of their dallas tornado collection use code third degree at checkout and get 20 percent off your entire order at soccer 90.com some exclusions apply
1: well, hello there, FC Dallas Curious fan. Welcome to episode number 208 of Third Degree, the podcast. Hello. My name is Peter. Dan Crook is still over in England, probably very drunk after Luton Town uh, beat Middlesbrough, and he was at the match for it. Congratulations to him and the Hatters. So uh, I am just saddled right up next to your hero, my hero, everybody's hero, editor, founder of Third Degree, .net. Buzz Carrick, come in, Buzz.
0: Hi, Peter. I am, of course, super jealous of Dan because I would absolutely love the chance to go to almost any uh, club, ground, and game in England. You know, there's a romanticism there. You pick a level, doesn't matter. I'm in. I think it'll be fun.
1: It is a lot of fun. You got to do it, man. At some point, somehow, you got to figure out a way to get over there and go I've to been some to games. One.
0: I've been to Chelsea with oh. um, with uh, Colin Clark and, and Steve Morrow and um, some other players, Bobby Ryan pretty great yeah it was pretty cool yeah
1: excellent uh buzz you're on uh you have returned from your holiday sabbatical vacation camping expedition
0: just a weekender really
1: yeah okay went down to the coast i saw saw the brown water
0: brown shores of texas galveston state park it was lovely (laughs) Yeah, it's good.
1: (laughs) Very good. I hope you and Amy had a a splendid time. Yeah,
0: Galveston's a good combo because you get the little campground on the beach, but Galveston, the city, is also like five minutes away, so you can actually go in there and get some fun food, too. So that's a good combo for me.
1: Well, Buzz, uh, I feel like we haven't had to do one of these in some time, the defeat episode. Yeah, yeah. Things had been going fairly okay for Dallas over the last few weeks, wins and all that, but boy, I have a feeling that you and I would agree this felt like uh, this one was coming for a while as they go to New York, play on the baseball field, and get pantsed by NYCFC.
0: Yeah, look, there are some stats in this game that make you think there are some hidden qualities that are still actually okay, but this is a stomping. I mean, you know, the, the goal called back for the first one I mean, I get it if you dial it back far enough, that guy was off sides. But, you know, certainly there was a, quite a bit later that the actual goal went in. And definitely there were some disturbing trends on multiple goals that were allowed by this team. You know, defense last year is what really was this club's hallmark. And right now, that's not working very well. So there are some questions that need to be answered. On the offensive end, no Alan Velasco for the second game, which is obviously looking like it's a problem. Jesus you know, comes in late and is of course as good as usually as when he comes in, but it's too little too late at that point. Um, And just overall, not a good performance. And my biggest negativity, which I'm going to start with, is the fact that they just didn't pressure uh, NYC at all. Now, listen, I get it, right? You're you're, you're trying to do this mid block thing. You're trying to clog the field and hope that the width being narrowish is going to make it really difficult for them to play, but you can't just sit there and let the other team pass the ball around at will at an 88% clip. And it's not like they're playing luchi ball. They're playing forward and getting into dangerous zones passing at that level. I just felt like there was no defensive urgency or defensive pressure coming out of Dallas. And every time we talk about defensive problems with this team, it's when I talk about them being on the back foot. They're not being progressive in their defense. They're not attacking in their defense. They're just sitting and waiting. And I felt like this whole game was sitting and waiting and they just got destroyed. So, is
1: this uh, you know, a typical MLS road game loss where, you know, guys travel and they're playing in a weird place like, you know, uh, Met city life. Yeah. <laughs> a, stadium, a baseball park, right? Which is uh, weird unto itself, uh, or is this a kind of a continuation of the trend that we've talked about on this podcast over the last few weeks?
0: Well, it's a little both. Um, you know, they have never won a game at New York City FC. So no matter whether, what
1: baseball diamond you're yeah, playing,
0: whatever on. baseball field you put it on, you know, it, the, the game is always narrow the game. Eventually, they have not played them at Red Bull. I don't recall, but that doesn't mean they haven't. But I don't think they have. It's always a narrow field. It's always clogged. It's always not. Dallas is used to playing on a bigger field. They want to pass it around a little bit. You know, it's never good. Part of it, too, is going far east. Paxton Jesus are jetting across the country to play for the U.S. and back. One played more and a lot, and that's why Jesus didn't start. But um, there are some positives. Like I said, you can look at the amount of shots that they got, which was 16 on the road, is actually decent. You can look at the ratio on net, which is 8 of 16, 50% on target, right? That's all we talk about that. The New York keeper made seven saves. That's a really high total. But... You also think about that game, you know, all but three of the shots were in the box. That's positive, but you don't really feel like the the chances were good. They never really felt like they were in dangerous positions. You know, it's, there are some goals there. Maybe that Jimenez sh- might, should have gotten one or two, perhaps, you know, so uh, we can't complain about some of the things we usually complain about, which is not a good enough on target rate or not good enough numbers. But, you know, again, the offense to me wasn't really the problem is when you're bleeding three goals and you're down three, nothing. That's like, that's real, that's bad. I mean, we can't, we can't allow that to happen and expect to be able to be in games and play. And if you look at the, the trending numbers over the first half, it was all pretty good until they give up that goal, uh, you know, right before halftime, I believe it was. Uh, and, and then the it's killer. Yeah. That kills your mentality. And then you go to the locker room, you're down and you're bummed. The coach I'm sure tries to bring you back, but the start second half is terrible, you know, and you go down two more defensively there are some question marks with this side i think that we're going to have to talk about big picture um some of them are their own creation uh, and some of them are, are just from the ages of the players as they're moving forward and 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 for sure the loss of matt hedges is a factor so it's not there are some down trends here that we don't like so when you say age
1: as a player, you have to be speaking about Martinez, or are you saying that the other three players are just really young and they're making youthful mistakes?
0: No, the Martinez-Ibiaga uh, combo, they're both you know, in their 30s and both not. Uh, Ibiaga's a little bit fleet of foot compared to Martinez, who's outright slow. Oh, um, you just
1: mean in general, not this game in particular. Because Yeah, trending. T- too far. Okay. all right. Yeah. yeah okay.
0: I mean, is moving into the prime of his career, right? He's coming to his peak. That's really exciting. That's a good player. You know, Giovanni is young enough. Tumas is good enough. It's the, you know, the the age of the other two guys and the center back is the big problem. You know, you, you should, I assume, trust Sam Junka. Otherwise, why sign him at the last minute? Yet you're not playing him. And to me, Farfan already looks burnt out and tired and got smoked on that third goal. And, you know, in my opinion, should have been subbed immediately for how tired he was once you're down three nothing. Giovanni, I thought was terrible. This was by far his worst game. So bad, in fact, he's opened the door for Tumasi to come back in. Well, okay, hey, in you, uh,
1: let's get let's cut the kid some slack. He probably had never played in a baseball park. Before. Yeah, he
0: was I, very okay. confused. Fair, fair, good point. But <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the worst game he's had all year, and with multiple defensive mistakes and not really making much of a contribution going forward. You know, the difference between him and Tumasz has been his contribution going forward, and he had not been making boneheaded errors. Well, he made some boneheaded errors in this one. You know, the the goal that he allowed on his side where he just didn't even run with a guy you know basic defensive stuff so um yeah there's some defensive frailties available and obvious here in this setup you know the coaches the difference last year from Lucci to coach nico was he locked down the defense and they had one of the best goals against rates in the history of this club and that's what made them good and if that's not going to be there you know this offense isn't the super high-powered guns in the Navarona offense. So you're gonna have that defense is not gonna be there. You're gonna meet up with a mid-table team or worse. I mean, it's a miracle they're still in fourth place. Quite frankly.
1: Yeah, it does feel a little weird that, based on kind of the vibe that we've been getting over the uh, over the from the club over the while, it, that they are still in fourth place. But there is that weird thing going on in the standings where they're in fourth place and now have a goal differential of one, and everybody uh, below them is like essentially one or in the negatives. And then the three teams above them, their goal differential is in the plus, you know, positive double digits. And 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 I and I think that's the dividing line between the teams that we feel like that are really performing well in the West versus the ones that are kind of like sputtering, like Dallas, and all the ones that just flat out suck.
0: Yeah, it, there's three, and then the rest. It's St. Louis, Seattle, and the LFC are the three legit, you know, at this point in time in the season teams. that everybody else is sort of a best of the rest kind of scenario, but you can look at the goals against total that Dallas has of 11 right now. That's like the fifth worst in the conference. You know, that's nowhere near the rate they were at last no. year. That's yeah, the, the the defense is definitely backtracked. Um you know, and they're going to they're going to have to solve that because that that defense is the the hallmark of this coach and this franchise currently right now. Um and, and if you don't have that back to where it was, it's going to be for a long season.
1: Yeah, and the other problem is is they're not scoring a ton of goals. I mean, 12 12- Isn't great at this point, especially when you're giving up 11, Uh, and and I do think there are a lot of conversations to be had about players that just aren't showing. I like here's a here's a good one. We've now had him for two starts and a couple of subs. What's your vibe on Jimenez at this point as an additional striker to this team?
0: Well, what I particularly like is the way he and Jesus work together. Um, You know. Like somebody said to me just recently, that he looked like Frank O'Hara out there. In a lot of ways, that's true. Stylistically, the same, except he's a lot younger. You know, he knows how to move, he knows how to play, he knows how to work the center backs in combination with another striker. All those things are nice. He's not that much
1: faster. He's not that much faster. They're
0: very, very similar (laughs) players, other than he being a little younger and being a little more active. You know, and the, the the question will come: Can you knock in some of these goals? He's gotten a couple opportunities, couple opportunities, and he hasn't put them in. You know, you're going to have to start converting eventually. But on the other hand, if you play him with Jesus and Jesus has 20 because of him, well, that's kind of where you were last year. So it won't be the end of the world if that's the case. Uh, you know, he's getting paid a fair amount of money probably. Although, remember, Toronto's eating a bunch of his salary, so.
1: Yeah. But uh, 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 alternatively to that, you, Velasco's hurt, and I don't, I'm, uh, well, let me just get to this. Do we have any sense of how long Velasco's
0: going to be out for? uh yes because he trained today oh he went, did okay the full session um you know coaching the press conference that i listened to i wasn't on the press conference because i was driving but i listened to it uh, afterwards and he said that you know their, their trainers are going to see how he reacts today to the session you know but all the measurements are good and he's on schedule so you know pending him coming through training today fine and him participating in the next two days i would imagine he'll be available Uh, For a selection, you know, will he throw him right back in there? I don't know. It depends on how desperate he is. I think with the defensive problems being the bigger issue, he may be willing to sit him out one more game, you know, perhaps, but yeah. um, uh, You know, nonetheless, it won't be very long. You know, you could, you could, you could play him this weekend. I would assuming if you had like a playoff game, you know, but I just imagine they won't. Well,
1: that's good because Obreon is a lost cause. But Velasco has had an okay, probably in in terms of the front three, better than the rest. Jesus has been hit or miss. Uh, Ariola has been a, a total dud so far this season. Uh and and you know there was that word this week that you know, there was, uh, I think uh, Bogart reported that maybe LA the Galaxy had tried to purchase him from Dallas and da- I don't know man I just there are a lot of things I uh, I realize that your concern Buzz is the defense but I'm also yeah. equally concerned about the attack cuz I just don't see any of the uh the pep and, and attacking um you know, positivity that we got out of this team last year. It all seems to have kind of lost its form.
0: Yeah, well, last year's goals against was like a goal a game, you know, just over a goal a game. And this year that's not happening. You know, it's it's at a higher clip than that. You know, they've played nine, they've given up eleven, so it's a little bit higher. It's not crazy higher, but it's these it's these three-o games that are killing you. And the offensive end too, you're right. It is a few Less last year, they were at 48 goals against, which is like, you know, 1.1, basically. So um they're just a little bit off the mark, both ends from last year. I just think when you're bleeding three a game, you're not going to win any games. And the lack of shutouts over the first part of this season, again, was an indication that the defense right. just wasn't quite there. You know, there's some cohesion missing. You know, for, for me, I thought, again, uh, I thought Facundo was terrible. He, he You know, t- there, were, there was a goal where he didn't close out at all. The guy rips a goal from like 25 yards out right in Faku's face. And then it, the goal got just allowed, thankfully. And then he immediately did it again. The guy's like, oh, that play worked. Let's do it again five minutes later. And again, <laughs> Facundo didn't close him down. He just did the exact same thing where he just kind of faked like he was going to and then stood there. And I was like, man, alive. You know, there's a, there's one thing to say being, being a stay-at-home kind of six in a tight shape in a tight formation, in a tight field. It's another thing to actually just stand there and do nothing. It drove i was pulling my hair out. Uh, but you know how I feel about that. I'm sure I'm biased or something. But um I just well, I was mean, absolutely awful I,
1: I, I, I look I think there's an interesting measure here in that, you know, we're into the second season of Estevez and this one doesn't yeah. feel like it's trending in the right direction, at no. least early. we're nine games into it. But right there in the standings, right behind them tied is Lucci at San Jose with what was an absolutely dogpile crap team last season. Uh, now, they did lose in the Open Cup last night, uh, but uh, they're essentially in the exact same position as, as uh, Dallas yeah. is, except they've only scored one less goal. And, and that's interesting to me.
0: Well, remember, we came into this season watching this club not improve itself, right? They got rid yeah. of Matt Hedges, they didn't make any discernible moves to get better. You know, they, if you like him in is or not, but if you do like him, that was a trade once the season actually was underway and not in a position you actually were, were using, you had to change formations to get him in. So at best, that's kind of a, is it really an improvement or not? It doesn't look like it so far. You know, you're just moving one okay piece for another okay piece. You know, you're not, you didn't get another thing that makes you upgrade anything in my opinion. So it's not surprising. How many times have we said this? If you do nothing, you go pass by because everybody yeah. else is doing stuff. Yeah. So why are we shocked that the team is basically mostly the same, but a little bit worse in all phases? Well, of course it is. Well,
1: I think I th- I think my surprise is is I was looking for the growth uh, and the uh, continuity of the you know really good play that we got out of this group last season. I yeah. realized that you didn't improve in some places. Uh, I'm sure. Um, Uh, the the front office would tell you that the trade of Servania for Jimenez was, in their minds, a, a very positive move. Um, for a lot of different reasons, I t- time will tell. But I-, I do think that's the biggest surprise to me, as I was really looking forward to like that next level attacking thing that we were starting to see with Dallas, uh, especially early. And I, ju- it just, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I-, I thought about this the other night, which was, and and you brought it, you brought this up a lot in the preseason because Estevez in the press conferences, whether it was over in Spain or back here, he kept talking about complacency. Yeah, and uh, and how important was that they had you know fought complacency and weren't being complacent, and I thought that's a really interesting word to use, and I wonder if he really is genuinely worried about it, and if he is. Why? What has he seen in this offseason that has got him harping on this word complacency? And it does beg the question, did all the players just fart off all off season and now they're <laughs> just they're using this, you know, the you know how MLS season is. You don't need to you don't worry about the first ten games. They're using this almost as like a preseason to get into some sort of form and maybe maybe that works in this league. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, he's, he's probably that into the mentality word, right? It's all about mental state. It's all, which is again, what gets back to me about the defensive being a passive, you know, the mental state of being progressive. You can look at this team, I think, and you know, they were excited about legit for the whole season, but then he's had the troubles he's had. And also he's, you know, the big 30 numbers floating around there. Areola gets misses the world cup. There's no way that doesn't affect your mentality right? A lot yeah. of people said that he came here in the first place because of the World Cup team, because of the relationship with Coach Nico and Greg, right? So maybe that's, he doesn't have that fire, and so maybe he's now like, oh, okay. And he, listen, he's been flat. He's been fighting that hamstring, right? Velasco's looks pretty good, but he was, you know, he's still young and bright and still trying to do good things. Jesus looks pretty good. But, you know, for the most part, everybody else is just kind of going through the motions. I mean, passing looks good, but, you know, the... Whatever's going on between Edwin and Facundo, neither one of those guys is playing great. You know, I think one's better than the other, but the coach obviously does not. You know, Farfan still, to me, looks tired. Obviously, missing Hedges is a thing. Martinez looks worse. Ibiaga doesn't, doesn't look that great to me. You know, to Amasi, yeah. the Giovanni move looked good until all of a sudden he has horrible last game. <laughs> So you know maybe maybe when you know you're not making any big signings and you know you're only going to get better by your players buying in and believing maybe that's why you talk so much about mentality and 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 uh, what was the word that you were using complacency there? complacency yeah you know because if they decide that they're good oh look we were good last year we're good well. But not necessarily, man, everyone else gets better. You well, know? here,
1: here's the other thing is that Dallas is one of those teams where the roster is constructed, where they can't afford to have multiple guys fall out of form. They don't have a game changer in the way that LAFC does or Seattle does. like individual, like yeah. those, you know, those superstar players. Dallas is a team. That's more about the collective. And when you have guys like legit and Areola and, um, and whatever's holding mid you, you're, you want to think of or the center back all just kind of not in that same level they were playing at last year. I think you get what we've gotten so far to this point. Now that doesn't mean things can't change. Obviously MLS is a long season and and we've seen that before, but to my, that's really what I just trying to get out of this is, is I'm just surprised that they've
0: been this flat so far, but on the bright side, Hey, look, they're still in fourth. Yeah. I, I think you're right. That if, if Velasco and, and, uh, Jesus Ferreira are not playing at that difference maker level, whether they're hurt and missing or called up and missing or just having a bad game, you know, that just takes apart the whole front, that those are your two things, two guys you have that are closest to being really special kind of uh, players, the difference making kind of game breaking kind of players. Those are your two guys that do special things and special moments. And so when they're not on or they're off, the whole front end comes apart, you know, and then when you combine that lot fall apart on the front with a fall apart on the back, you get a game like this. Yeah. You
1: know? Uh, All right. So, as we said, Dallas continues to sit in fourth place. Uh, You know, they have Minnesota United uh, coming up next. Do you think he makes any sub- s- substantive changes to the lineup from what we saw? Does he? Where did, What's the Edwin Cerezo story at this point? Is <laughs> yeah. he given up on Edwin or? You Man, know? I
0: don't know. I I really hope that he was going with. They had won, so Facundo gets to keep the spot. You know, I'm hoping that's it because I think the guys look terrible for two straight games. Facundo, I thought Facundo. And I thought Evan was playing pretty well so i you know he he advanced his progressive passing which was the thing that he was they were asking him to be better on he was better at that you know I, I don't understand why he was dropped in the first place to be honest with you you need some level of rotation that's for sure you know you need some level of man management and 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 minute management that's true you need fakuno to play a certain amount Evan can't play every minute of every game but at the same time it's like i don't i don't know that you can Just willy nilly, like drop a guy completely without any sort of repercussions. You know, Uh, Edwin's a young guy, and if when you do things like this, he's going to emotionally fold tent a little bit. You know, he's not a he's a player that needs encouragement. He's not an ultimate ego kind of guy you know? So I, mm-hmm. I, I, hate when you're taking him out of there. I think he should be playing as much as possible. And so, and same, I've actually been saying this for two years now that he should have played as much as possible. And to should be playing as much as possible. Yes. You were going to lose some games along the way with those guys way back when, but if you're building on a two or three year cycle, you needed those guys to become something better. And the only way to do that really is to play them a ton, you know? So I get it. Coaches get fired when you're trying, you got to mitigate some of that. But at the same time, if you don't, build forward because look at this club, right? Is this club in your mind anywhere near winning an MLS cup of what they have not now? Oh, good Lord. No, no way. Right. No. Well, they're also not going to go out and spend $15 million on a player. I mean, they spent their record ever on one guy on Velasco and we're super excited. He's here, but you know, they're not gonna do that again. Not likely. Right.
1: Well, no. And, and let me say this, even if they were playing as well as they played in, in, in for long periods of last season, I still don't think that's an MLS winning. Yeah cup winning team. But I don't I don't either. It just makes it more entertaining to watch.
0: Yeah. You have to develop your guys if you're going to be the run your organization like FC Dallas is, you have to develop some of these pieces that other people go by or other people sign on as free agents that Dallas doesn't do. You know, we saw a couple of guys last year that were nice, Ariola and legit, but even that wasn't enough. You still got to develop those homegrowns. You still got to develop those pieces you know, into thing, And if you don't develop them, you're just going to be make the playoffs every year forever, which mm-hmm. is what this club has done pretty much. They're always in, or maybe they just missed, but then they get back in the next year. So they've only missed two in a row, like twice ever in their history. They're always in, but they're never good enough to win at all. You know, if you want to be good enough to win at all, you're going to have to play some guys for a long time to get there and let them play in and they just won't do it.
1: Uh, interesting side note. I was just thinking about this buzz because as we said, they have a road game against Minnesota coming up on Saturday. Uh, by the way, that is the free, it's one of the free it's, Oh, it's the Fox game and it's the games on Sunday, not Saturday. My apologies. It's the, it's the Fox sports game. Uh, but the thing that it, it dawned on me after that is, uh, is what happens for the month of May. Have you checked out Dallas's schedule for May?
0: Yeah. The, and I yeah, that's what Coach was talking about—the overload. May and June both. It's like every three games they play.
1: Well, uh, they only have. Th- well, no, they only have three games in June. They've got six games in May, and I, I would assume that would include a U.S. Open Cup game uh, in there somewhere. But after Minnesota on the sixth, they host league-leading St. Louis. Then they have to go to Austin. Then they have a home game against Vancouver, home game against Houston, so they got their Texas Derby in here in in this in the in a matter of uh, seven days. Then they have to go to San Jose and face off against Lucci, and then they get a game uh, at Kansas City on the 31st. That's a that's a pretty brutal stretch, Dallas. I mean, look, yeah. MLS has been such a parody-ridden league, anything could come out of it. But based on the fact that you got to go to Austin, who have really been poor this year, but you know they'll be up for that, right? Yeah. Vancouver has been a better team. St. Louis has clearly been the best team in the league so far. Houston's improved, and then you got the Lucci game and the Peter Vermees matchups uh, to end the month. That's that's an interesting stretch.
0: Well, you have to add in is that May tenth is the first Open Cup game for Dallas.
1: Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, I knew it was yeah. in there somewhere. I just didn't and know then where.
0: If you win, it's May twenty fourth. So that's what I mean. Like in May and June, both you're literally playing every three games, every three days.
1: Yeah, it, it, I and I don't.
0: I just don't know if they've got a roster built for that. I to be honest with you, but we'll see. That's the thing. Is like coach is talking about how coming up, he's gonna have to start playing all these people, and I'm like, man, you had a great chance to, a do that in New York, right? When you could have small fields, be I mean, weird anyway. When you when you were down three nothing, take out Areola who's struggling with the hamstring, take out Farfan who's struggling with ha- looking tired already. You know, you got these other guys. You going to play them eventually. Why not play them for the last thirty minutes when you're down three nothing? Okay. You know, I, it's just that that frustrated me because. Man management isn't always about who starts. Sometimes it's about who finishes. You know, and you leave guys on that are struggling when you're, the game's over. That was, you know, that's independent of how you're. You're gonna have to have these guys start right now that you're not comfortable starting. They're gonna have to start eventually, coming up soon, or you're gonna lose so, a crap ton of games.
1: So what do you do? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know if I ever let you get to this. What do you do for Minnesota?
0: Well, Minnesota is going to play as always they always do. They're going to play a mid or even a low block, and they're going to counter. <laughs> Look, that's they're one of the they're a bogey team for tonight. Yeah, they are. They're a bogey team for this club because they play really low and tight, and they counter hard and vertical. They're not a counter like Dallas. When downer Dallas counter attacks, it's it's they they'll pick up a turnover. Like we talk about this all the time, they're best in transition when they pick it up and they rapidly pass forward, they don't boot it and go forward. Minnesota boots it. Minnesota goes fast and hard and direct. And that's one of the things that causes this team trouble because of pace over the top, right? Martinez can struggle with that. You know, they played them at the beginning of the season. And yes, sometimes you can say, oh, the beginning of the season, you know, you're still trying to get things together. But man, they won one nothing and they won exactly that way, right? Dallas had, if I remember correctly in my head, Dallas had crap tons of the ball, and Minnesota hardly had any and they went over the they went along and won. Yeah, Minnesota 37% possession. And they won one nothing because that was it. They went fast, hard, and direct and scored and one. You know, so that's what you can expect. Even on the road, right? Where Dallas wants to not have the ball, where they want to clog it up, Minnesota's gonna do that themselves on their end. So you might be looking at one of these games where neither team wants the ball again. You know, they're but they're gonna be fast and they're gonna direct. So what does that tell you, right? So maybe. Maybe with Giovanni's meltdown, maybe he's opened the door and Tuamasi comes back if you try to fix the defense. Maybe you go with Ibiaga and Tafari because of that pace versus Martinez, perhaps. Maybe that makes some sense. Hmm. You know, especially if you just played Martinez for 90, maybe you don't want to, and Tafari had the game before off, right? So maybe it's time to give Martinez another game off. Bring Ibiaga back. I would I think Farfan badly needs the game off. Is this the game to put Farfan off and put in Junka? I would say Farfan's quicker. I don't, so maybe this isn't the right one for for Junka, but maybe you're, maybe you have to because Farfan, I thought, looks really tired already. I've said that like four times because I can't get over that we're like 10 games in and I think the guy looks tired. I would bring back with Edwin again. If you're playing a fast team transition, that's Edwin, but I don't even know anymore what to think about Edwin and Fukundo. I I never understand why he picked Fukundo ever. Other than man management, but even that doesn't make sense. Well, I'm when he's I'm doing sure
1: it. it's a, a veteran kind of leadership thing that he I has guess. in his head
0: is, has value
1: to it. We uh, see it differently. Yeah,
0: as- I mean, I I think Jesus and Jimenez and Ferreira, i all like that two man combo. Um, I think probably it might be too early to bring Velasco back. He can sit on the bench on the road. You know, it might be a little bit chilly, perhaps. You know, so maybe maybe your wings can be Ariola and, and Leggett with Paxton and whoever in the middle Facundo or you know in the two that he seems to like Facundo in there in that system, which I don't understand either. You know, so that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. You Is know? there any
1: chance that we could get a, a Bernard start instead of an O'Brien start, please? I'm up for I'm up for I'm up for something different, even if it's a kid.
0: I think if you're more likely to see Leggett start at wing than you would be to see Kamungo uh, start a wing. Mm, you okay. know, because even when he came in and brought that spark, he still made mistakes. Yeah, you know what I mean? Fair. Yeah, fair. And, and if you're talking about your, a team that's trying to solidify things defensively, this coach is really big on defensive shape and cohesion and concepts mm-hmm. and playing their structure correctly. And that's where – that's O'Brien's problem too, frankly. One of the reasons why he doesn't start very much. You know, uh, what, would Kamungo be better than O'Brien? Man, sure. I'm off the bench, or as a starter, maybe. Uh, I, I, you can make, you can get me to do it for sure. But I don't know if this coach is going to do it. Yeah, that's and, and that,
1: that's actually an interesting point, Buzz. Knowing his insistence about structure and shape and all of those things, are you surprised that the club didn't make a greater effort to try to give themselves something different at the wing, knowing that what their options were were Obreon, yeah, and uh, you know, a,
0: a, a kid. I think they tried to. Uh, I talked to a coach a couple of times about how they were they were wanting to get somebody in that position. Um, I think their their handcuffs their hands are kind of tied a little bit in terms of money right now. Uh-huh. I think one of the big reasons they didn't go for a center back and or whoever in this last window is they're kind of waiting for the summer potential sale of Che, um, you know, or hypothetically Celia, but I don't think it'll be Celia. I think it'll just be Che to bring them some money to do some stuff with. They burned a lot of gam on Paul. You remember you know, and then did again, I think when they, when they brought, um, without looking legit from new England too, you know, and you have some big contracts like Facundo's got a big contract and doesn't start all the time. Uh, you know, O'Brien's probably got a fair amount of money built, burned up in a, in a reserve, you know, um, since they paid a lot of money for Velasco, you're probably paying more for him because of the, on the cap, because of that big salary, unless you ate it all in one season, which is also possible. So I just think they're kind of out of they're kind of stuck a little bit in terms of room. So it probably was more of a budgetary question in terms of like, can we get a wing at a certain number or not? I, you know, I think this this winter, this summer, and this winter coming up, you'll see a fair number of larger contracts expire, which will again give them a little more flexibility. So the process, remember, and all that stuff.
1: I mentioned it earlier, but I I, I am in, inter- but I meant to ask you for your reaction when you saw Bogart's report that. The Galaxy had inquired about Areola. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen. But w- what was your reaction yeah. to that news?
0: Well, my reaction was that Bogart reported something that didn't happen. So the, you can report stuff like that because it's fun. You know, I, I imagine the scenario. And Bogart even said that the deal was turned down flat, which means that LA called and said, Hey, can we have Areola? And they were like, LOL, no, and hung up right? So I'm sure that's basically how the conversation went. The point was more about in terms of his reporting that LA was really trying to do some things and be active, not so much that Dallas was willing to part with the Ariella, which clearly they weren't on the other hand, there's obviously a price for anything. You're talking about a team. that's not a cup winner. You're talking about Paul. Paul is towards the back end of his career. He's not 30, obviously, but he's not 20 either. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a relatively high number. You have seen that he's, at least this season, he's not, last year was a career high in every way, not likely to repeat that, you know, certainly not repeated over the next two or three seasons, you know? So like there would have been a price I'm sure, but at the same time, like the, for them to say flatly, <laughs> LOL, no way, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's exactly how it went. And then somebody asked him in the press conference today, um, you know, when stories like that get broken, can you tell us anything about it? And did you have to say anything to Paul? And he was like, no, I didn't say anything to Paul because LOL, no, we're not looking to get rid of Paul. You know, Paul's great. We love Paul. He's our captain. It's ridiculous. So I don't say anything to him. You know, he said, Paul's really happy here. And like, great. So there you go. You know, so I, again, when you're unless you're going to look like you're thinking to win a cup, nobody is not expendable. You, there's nobody on this team that's untouchable. Even Jesus, there's a price for everybody on this team.
1: Interesting you ask that because we uh have heard that Brenner has officially been sold and will go to Udinese in the Serie A in July from Cincinnati by the way at a loss of about uh, what 6-7 million dollars. <laughs> yep. Uh he was uh, the reports are he's been sold for 10. Didn't they pay like 16 for
0: him? I think they only paid like 12 or 13 but um you know the, the club back home that down there gets like 20 or something so that's why it's a loss for them so even at 10 they still have to send 20 percent of it to is it sao paulo i was just right about this so like they're gonna take a fair hit a on fair this. hit yeah but the, yeah. the the question that
1: becomes if brenner is worth 10 million bucks on the open market what do you think Jesus' value is? Not that I'm saying Jesus is equal to Brenner or vice versa. I'm not. I'm just. In, I'm interested in what you think that his his valuation
0: is at this point. Yeah, it's a really interesting question because Brenner had a bad first season, and this year he's got one goal in seven games. Last year was obviously a big season for him, you know. But in total, he's got. I think it's 27 goals in something like 70, 71 games. I think it is something like that. A couple eight assists. Well, Jesus is not all that far ahead of that at 123 games that he's got 41 goals and 23 assists. So twice the goals and three times the assists, you know, in another 50 games. So it's easily at least, at least equal in terms of pure goal value in my mind. The right. difference is of course, that Brenner's Brazilian. Right. And he's is a, an, an is Americanized American. Colombian. Yeah. yeah. He's an American. So right. he sucks and Brenner's great. Right. right there's a Brazilian upcharge on stuff where people are like oh Brazilian that guy's going to be awesome you know because like if you look at it purely on numbers, you know not dissimilar players really frankly you know if you if you double Brenner's games that he's up at, pretty close to the same goal numbers the assist is less but the goals are about the same as Jesus you know so yeah Um comparable players it just makes me think that like if I'm looking at Jesus in the market compared to that, well at least ten right because he's slightly younger. Now, the Brazilian upcharge is there, of course, but, you know, it, pure value for Jesus has got to be, what, 12, maybe? Maybe for, maybe for FC Dallas' willingness, maybe it's 15 to sell him. So, I, you know, a longer-term deal on the books already, perhaps.
1: Uh, there's an interesting uh, conversation to be had that if Jesus Ferreira uh, was the exact same player but had plied his trade in Colombia – and yeah. Had done the exact same games and the exact same performances for the Colombian national team. What would his value be then?
0: Oh, a lot higher. Yeah. yeah. I just it. it there's yeah.
1: like a there's like the American tax that comes along with it. And, yeah. yeah. And it's just <laughs> he it's, plays an MLS. Right. Yeah. He plays in MLS and he really? plays for the U.S. men's national team and he came out of FC Dallas. And so you there's a. There's a, uh, you know, a surcharge that goes along with yeah, that, Yeah, Yeah, there is. <laughs> There's
0: a, oh, that guy can't be good. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous.
1: Oh, hey. I wanted to bring up one thing because I want to put this on the record in case it gets announced, uh, and I want to look like a genius. And it's one of those things that I can predict that if it doesn't come true, uh, I won't, I, I just look like a, de- a daydreamer. Um, so, MLS is on Apple TV, right? That's that whole setup. Well, at the upcoming June Apple developers conference word on the street is is that Apple is finally going to reveal their AR VR headset mm. and in their press in kind of the discussions about it is their intent to uh, do some to do sports or something sporting related that They're going to announce in the headset and it begged me to wonder if they are if you are an MLS. A season pass subscriber and you buy one of these headsets, you can see where I'm going with this. Yeah. If they would do ML and like one game a week or something in some sort of like spectacular virtual reality, like you're literally standing on the sideline or sitting in the front row yeah. of the stadium and you'll be able to do 360 degree or something. That would be amazing.
0: Have right. you ever seen something like that done?
1: Yeah. So they uh, uh
0: NBA did this. Right. I'd, I've seen uh, it have you used it yeah is it amazing yeah i i did a i did an nba game when i was working for the pelicans uh this was maybe maybe five years years ago ago, maybe five years ago now maybe four maybe five years ago now and they were taking they had a full-blown nba production truck and they were taking it around from game from uh, the united states and they were doing games in different venues they would do it like one game a week basically in, in your venue and they they did one at new orleans and I got a chance to go into the truck and see how they did it and put on the headset and that kind of stuff. And so basically the way it worked then is you they would have these, they have these special 360-degree cameras, of course. And so they have them in multiple places. They have like one under the basket. They have one like at the mid-court. They have one in different places. And so you put the headset on, and it's like you're in this – you're, you're it's like you're sitting or standing in that particular place and you can move from place to place depending on where you want to sit or whatever. So there's no real directing happening. It's not like you're watching camera cuts. It's just like you're sitting.
1: Yeah. In, the user's on the, making the, the, the production decisions,
0: right? It's like you're sitting at the scores table or it's like you're standing under the basket and the game is around you and you can turn your head and see the fans around you. Uh And it's crazy. I, I'm I'm not sure what I think about it. Um, because it's so far out there compared to anything else you've experienced in your life that in terms of sports watching that it really was hard to even wrap my brain around what I was looking at and, what I, and whether I liked it or not.
1: Yeah, I I mean, I've obviously yeah, I've obviously worn the heads, the the various different headsets and stuff, but I've not done the sporting event thing. So it just made me think it would be a, I mean, it would be a perfect application of that, and the timing of MLS getting on the Apple platform and all of that, and then them announcing it, it would totally make sense if they announced they're going to do some sort of additional offering to subscribers who also happen to buy one of the headsets, and that would be uh, that would. Super
0: cool. I'd, the, I'd be in. I'd be really into that. The real mind bend, like current, when I saw it, you had to have a camera still, and so the camera had to be on the side of the court or the end of the court. The real mind bend will be. When they create like almost a virtual space and you could effectively walk on the field as oh, it were. Yeah, yeah. That'll be the real mind bender when they get that far along. <laughs> Stand in the center circle yeah, as the you game can literally goes be, on. Or, or try and like, yeah, as the game's going around you. At mid court might work better than mid, mid circle because of the size of a soccer field. Right. You know, but, uh, you know, if you could jump from like three different spots in the middle of the field or something or walk around on the field, I mean, that's just, I, I don't think, listen, I'm not in that kind of business. But from what I saw four or five years ago to now, I don't yet feel like the AI slash server size computing power is there, but we can't be far away.
1: Yeah, I was looking up if uh, the NBA VR thing is still in a f- if they're still doing it. Uh, it says go court side in VR with NBA League Pass. So maybe yeah, they still... Yeah, they must be, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so, the- well, this is dated in 21, so I don't know if they're still doing it or not. Uh, but mm. it would be oh no here it is the 2022 23 NBA VR schedule yeah yeah so they're still doing it um, yeah. and it would be you know that would be a really progressive thing for an outdoor team like an uh, outdoor league like MLS to pull off uh, and you could see the the coverage and the kind of media coverage they would get if they did that anyway I just wanted to bring that up because yeah. I saw the mention I saw the line about sports in the in the VR headset kind of sneak preview of it and it dawned on me. Uh, that that would be something. So yeah, um, maybe I'll end up looking like a genius in a few weeks.
0: Man, it'd be fun. It? Or maybe, yeah. or
1: maybe it's my observation is just incredibly obvious, and I'm <laughs> and I'm just being Captain Duh. Uh, but whatever, I claim it.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't. Do they have any other sports properties?
1: Who Apple? Well, they've got you know they do Major League Baseball on Fridays, so oh, it's they, possible yep. they could yep. do that. Great. Yep. Um, so we'll see. All right, uh, what else, Buzz? What was else did we want to get into uh, in this episode?
0: Well, I, I think it's pretty cool that they dropped a trailer for Watiti's movie about Rongan and American Samoa. That's going to be fun. <laughs> it's interesting. Yes, <laughs> yeah.
1: I, uh, I, you know, uh, I, I saw the trailer. It looks incredibly fun because he's good at those types of movies, and I, yeah, I, we always need a good, fun, feel-good soccer movie uh, these days. We can oh use yeah, those yeah, for yeah, sure.
0: I mean I love Taco so that'll be and I, the fact that it's mostly a true story you know I mean how yeah. accurate it is they sure make Ronkin look like a drunk <laughs> too do, don't like, they did you sign off on that I was like wow that's <laughs> a little okay so is the group of people
1: in the board that are telling him he's fired in the trailer is that supposed to be like the federation
0: I I assume it's like his people like his agent and his you know maybe that's supposed to be his girlfriend or wife or something and and then maybe like his business manager and it's kind of my take because, I mean, why would the Federation tell him that, oh, you, you've you been fired? Did you not know?
1: Yeah. You know, hmm. I, I assume that was
0: his people or whatever. I oh, guess.
1: I thought it was whoever was his current employer was telling him he had been he had been sacked.
0: Maybe. Yeah. Well, I, don't I mean, know. I, I went and looked it up. He was actually coaching the USU-20 team, you know, leading up to that. You know, That's I, what I, I don't thought. don't remember. Uh, you know, my wife said that she was at the U.S. Federation when he was the U-20 coach, you know, so we're going to enjoy that because she <laughs> knows a little bit. But, Could I mean, you imagine being wronged
1: and realizing this movie's about you yeah. and they're making you out to be like such a drunk, your luggage is filled with tiny airport bottles of <laughs> booze? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I mean, I want to watch the documentary on it, but now I want to wait till after. I want to watch the Tekka T V version and then I'll go watch the documentary Okay, on it, you know. All right. Well, the the same name because I love me some Tacoatiti for sure. Yeah,
1: very, very, uh, very funny stuff. Um, uh, What else? There was something else I wanted to mention that I've totally forgotten about now.
0: Well, we want to Uh, talk about Jesus with the U.S. national team a little bit, I think. Oh, you know what you think is performance because they, they remember they played the day after we taped the game. Uh, I, I buzz I, I,
1: I did not watch the game like I could not have been less interested in that stupid game. Yeah, uh, Than than and I you know, there was just there was something else going on that night. I'm you know what I think I sold this on the radio show. I taped it because I think we had a dinner that night. And then a couple of days later I went to watch it and I fast forwarded it to halftime because I had heard the first half had been so bad. Yeah. Uh, and then I literally got like three or four minutes into it and I was so like uninterested and distracted. I just gave up. And so you can tell me yeah. if Jesus was any good or not. Well, the first
0: half was awful. They they played a different shape and it was just a disaster. And then they started the second half, and they put Jesus as an eight, and I was like, "You've got to no, be kidding me!" No,
1: oh, and no. And then a little bit
0: later, they made some subs, and he—they put him up front where he would belongs as like a false nine, because they tried to play a four. They tried to play him and the Cincinnati guy together, which is a great idea, but it didn't work, you know, because that—that's—that's that's how you maximize Jesus, right? Is to put him with a striker. striker, right? Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Didn't work. It was horrible, but that was from the conception of the whole team, not because of those two guys. You know, and if if you watch Jesus play, this is always true. You know, his best work is when he's coming back, he's breaking lines, he's helping you build forward. He's doing all these high-concept soccer things. You know, he's not necessarily like – he doesn't show like Messi or or like Pulisic where they pick up a ball and they dribble and beat like four guys on their way to goal. Jesus doesn't play like that, right? So most people watch Jesus play and they go, this guy sucks. He did what he always does. His goal, they put him in a false nine finally – his goal came in like the 85th minute and he's at midfield and Morris breaks. And you you can tell Jesus goes, I got to get there. And even in the postgame uh, interview, they said, you have to walk us through that. And he said, I'm the nine. I've got to be in the box. And he was right. And so in the 85th minute, he busted his ass from midfield all the way into the box. And Morris, who's on the left wing, plays the ball with his right foot. With this outside the right foot, utter swing. I have no idea how he got it on target, and the ball's coming across, and the defender cuts inside, and of Jesus, and he gets a touch to it. So like about a yard and a half away from Jesus, the defender redirects the ball, and Jesus manages to get his foot on the ball cleanly and basically just pass it into the net. And people are like, "Oh, he just tapped in or whatever, dude." It was a great goal. That ball was redirected. And in a tenth of a second, he adjusted, got a clean contact on the ball, and scored. The athleticism and ability to do that is off the charts. So anyone thinks that's an easy goal, not to mention you just busted, you know, from midfield in the 85th minute and outran your defender, and after playing the full game, that's a great goal. Now, I'll grant you, the first half was utter garbage, and Jesus didn't even touch the ball, I don't think at all. And when they played him as an eight, that was awful. And then as a false nine, he's not getting the ball either. So, like, for most of the game, he hardly did anything other than stuff he always does, working back and trying to combine. But that goal was phenomenal. Even if the rest of the performance was terrible, he was the man of the match. You know, of course, it was because he scored the goal. But, you know, that goal was amazing. And people underestimate how hard that goal is. When when the ball changes paths like a a foot and a half away from you, a yard away from you like that, oh, man, it's so good.
1: Ah well, uh, you know, and then all the reaction and everything afterwards. Yeah, that's (laughs) just—it's an absolute cesspool. Yeah. Unlikability. It just makes you not want to watch the national team anymore or at least yeah. discuss it with people in public. If
0: Paxton got four minutes and touched the ball like three times. It was like, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I'm glad <laughs> he got, got called in. So. He
1: got a few minutes, right? Yeah. He, whatever, he got to experience it. The cap is what
0: mattered the call up and the chance to get into the game. You
1: know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, um, oh, did, since uh, Dan's not here, do you want to take a moment uh, in honor of him to discuss Earth Day MLS kit?
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Kits. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I only saw them. I they they look as ridiculous as they do every year. All I know now is that Dallas now, in the course of the last however many weeks, has yet to wear the right combination of colors in the mm-hmm. right place. Or or uh, it's uh, it's just maddening. I just, You turn on MLS on that weekend and you have no idea which teams are playing, and it yeah. just it seems so stupid to Those me. Those
0: kids are so. I, they should there should be more variety of color, or they should work them in over time because everyone playing the exact same colors the whole day looks really dumb. I mean, at least they let Dallas have the better color. Probably because New York got to play in the color that was kind of their own color sort of. But the 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 ones Dallas had still had these, you know, toothpaste color numbers on them. They would have looked a lot better with white numbers, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, it's
1: two weeks – I know what I was trying to say. It's two weeks in a row now where I turned on the game and I couldn't figure out which team yeah. was Dallas.
0: Yeah, the one before was hysterical. And I'm not I'm not joking, not just you. Like literally people on a route around me in the stadium at the game against uh, RSL, when the white team scored and a bunch of people cheered, people around me were like, why are they cheering? That's the other team. Oh, you know? yeah, I know. I turned the game on. People that bought tickets were literally confused thinking that Salt Lake had scored and was didn't understand. I mean, and you were crazy. in the stadium.
1: Yeah, I'm talking um, about
0: people in the stands.
1: I know. Imagine <laughs> yeah. how confusing it was by turning it on television.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I literally, when I tweeted, like, hey, if you're just tuning in, RSLs is in red, Dallas is in white. People were like, what? Yeah. What are you talking <laughs> about? I was like, yeah.
1: I, I look. I get it. I get that Dallas sold a, a, a sponsorship that has two different sponsors, and part of that agreement was we'll do a swap or we'll wear the different things. Sure. But they've got to put some like realistic thought into who they're going to wear versus yeah. what team and what that means. And and that bothers me that for a front office that has done so many good things over the course of the last eighteen months, to do something as stupid as that and yeah. and 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 miss a detail like letting your opponent wear your home colors in your stadium just that that's yeah uh, of all
0: teams to pick right it's the one that looks like almost yes. exactly like you except for the yellow trim yeah
1: do it yeah. against miami yeah. or uh
0: portland or
1: anybody oh, yeah. else anybody oh. else
0: that wears that doesn't wear
1: red and navy with <laughs> navy shorts come at, on guys at the
0: very least wear the black shorts and make rsl change something into like their gold or something you know yes i mean they, you could have worn the white and black against their all gold road kit I and mean, you know it didn't you didn't have to let them be in their home uniform gosh Frustrating Yeah that was so bad
1: Frustrating Uh, Do we get Dan back next week?
0: I don't remember when he comes back I think it's more than I think it's like A couple more episodes actually
1: Oh, is it really? He's is probably it, there for a while. He hadn't been yeah, home for a bit. Home. So I hope he hope he gets to yeah, He's doing uh, the
0: wife tour, showing her off to all the friends and stuff. <laughs> a couple <of> weddings <laughs> to go to. It's very it's yeah. a
1: very British thing. You, yeah. you go on a tour and you display your new spouse to the yeah. family and meet friends. Everybody. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> to go to. Yeah. It's very formal. Yeah. They're all in, you know, like fancy suits and stuff drinking tea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Awesome. Go to soccer games. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. He. I saw a couple of the pictures uh, from Kenilworth Road, and it looked great. That's the one. That's one of those places mm. I gotta
0: get to. Oh uh, man, I, yeah. When I win the lottery, I'm just gonna go for a couple of years and just go to everywhere. Yeah, uh, that would be the way to am. do it for sure. Uh, before we run off, let me just tag. I was just checking my notes real quick. Let me just tag one thing about Minnesota United. If I don't, if I can, real fast. Okay. They had lost three straight coming in and in, in, in league play. So you worry like, okay, either a team's in a funk or they're really mad and they're going to get that bounce back against you. Well, they happened to play a cup game last night and they won three to one. So hopefully they got the sort of bounce back out of their system and now think they're good again or something. And might not (laughs) give you the, I don't know whether it's good or bad that they either got out of their slump or they got out of their slump and now they'll slump again, you know, one or the other.
1: All right. we're recording this on wednesday a late afternoon early evening yeah and i know the third round u.s open cup was last night and i'm assuming continues tonight. again yep. tonight yep. so when do we find out who dallas plays is the draw after today thursday okay but we have i mean it's it's oh it could be anybody or is it regionalized like it historically it's is.
0: kind of regionalized depending on who gets through although you can end up in the like if you don't end up with enough teams in your area you can get kind of bounced away You know, you can't – they will try to not have MLS teams up against each other at this point if they can help it, you know. So, like – but there's not going to be a whole lot of teams left that aren't MLS teams, frankly. So, like, basically, like, there's – from what I saw, there's, like, eight pots for the eight MLS teams that are coming in, and then the rest of the teams that are in the round right now get stuck into those pots, you know. So, you're going to get other teams that are left. Like, San Antonio, I think, plays today against somebody – so you know who of that group gets through will probably so you're going to end up with your same local, Kansas City, right? Houston, Austin. I'm saying these names without looking and seeing who's alive. San Antonio's still alive. You know those are going to be the teams that you're going to end up in the pot with okay. more than likely. Um, I can't think of anybody else that's alive. Um, Phoenix, Phoenix lost. They're too far away. Minnesota United sometimes gets stuck in that pot. It just depends. Lucci lost. They got yeah. the cup set. Yeah, you know that was Lucci never really has gone hard on the open cup. I don't. I don't think he's not uh, like uh, Oscar.
1: And the last note I, I want to throw out there is I noticed you tweeted this out. Uh, Thomas Roberts actually got on the field for Columbus's USL team, or I'm sorry, uh, yeah. MLS next team. Yeah, crew two. Uh, so he's playing for them. Uh, it's weird to see him play in Columbus clothes. And I did that photo that you posted. I don't know why we haven't made this uh, observation. before. he looks like Dennis the Menace.
0: He does. (laughs) Yeah. The numbers he put up were a little menace too. Did you see that? That Yeah. I saw your stats. That looked good. Yeah. Apparently there was an injury and he got in right before halftime, but man, I mean, 94% passing three key passes, you know, one for two on dribbles, four for four long balls, two tackles, six recoveries, three for four on duels. I mean, you know, Thomas should dominate that level. No question. And he did. So that's what you want out of him. And I'm, I'm sure that he will do that some more and get some opportunities with their first team. You know, I, I, Columbus hired away uh, Wilfrey and uh, his name, the great coach from uh, Montreal. Mm-hmm. You know, so they have a really good coach and really good setup over there right now. So hopefully, there's all good things for him happening. I, I hope
1: we're all rooting for young Thomas Roberts for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, Buzz. Well, uh, this is uh, it's just you and me. We just gotta drag yep. along until Dan decides to come back uh, to the United States, if ever. You never know. He may decide to stay. Back home, right? He might
0: never come back. Yeah, He's never was, show he up again. Never, never be to, to be seen again. Third degree, the podcast has been brought to you by soccer90.com. Yes, they got FC Dallas, North yeah. Texas Soccer Club, US men's national team gear. But man, they also got the totally awesome Dallas Tornado jersey. This thing is sweet. Get yours. Use code Third Degree, 20% off on that or any other part of your order. Soccer90.com. All the stuff you're going to want for your FC Dallas, North Texas Soccer Club. Dallas Tornado fandom. Some exclusions Supply.
1: Don't forget uh, Dallas uh, at Minnesota. That game is Ooh. Sunday, and it is the uh, Fox broadcast game, so you'll be able to watch it then.
0: So, uh, Buzz, thank you. Ooh. Thank you for hosting, Peter, and helping us fill up uh, all the airtime since Dan's not here to talk.
1: Ooh. I'm good at filling airtime. I'm good at sucking the air, wind out of the room, and I'm very good at filling it back up with all sorts of hot air. It's kind of my yeah. expertise, my superpower, yeah. I think they call it. And thank you, FC Dallas Curious Fan, for listening. We will be back next week on another episode of Third Degree, the podcast.
0: Go, Thomas. Roberts. Third Degree, the Third
1: Degree Net Podcast. Third Degree, the Third Degree Net Podcast. Third degree. Degree I can. Third
0: degree never gets. Third degree, the third degree never gets.